Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow underway. Outkick.com slash watch. We are live in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Chad? It's lived up to expectations so far. But we've got plenty of coverage uh, from Charlie to uh, Dan, us, and everything in between. Uh, Clay joins us later tonight. It's going to be a blast. Hutton, they said that we couldn't make it to the Super Bowl, said we couldn't cut it to the Super Bowl. They said that even the desert would just reject us and that we couldn't handle any of that. But yet, here we stand on this Wednesday, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl, telling everyone to screw off that doubted us. That, that's the message to everyone that doubted that we would be here. We are here. We're ready to go. We got a great lineup yeah, throughout the week. We do. Our team here with OutKick has done a terrific job setting everything up, managing a chaotic situation, both here and back in the studio. So we definitely appreciate all of them, and we're ready to roll, man. Yeah, man. We've got over hundreds of stations and, and radio programs right in front of us. Prime location for OutKick here on Radio Row. The MGM properties massive. And, Chad, we got here yesterday and immediately got upgraded like we are, uh, you know, kings of uh, Vegas, which we are not, but they gave us the prime spots because you lucked into it. Alexander the Great uh, is, uh, is Jonathan Hunt. Yeah, we both got an upgrade uh, under, under different circumstances. Uh, mine was probably something I screwed up, quite honestly. Chad's on the top floor. But uh, mine was um, my old credit card, I think, somehow was attached <laughs> to it and was rejected because it no longer exists. Yeah. So put my card down, got upgraded to a different <laughs> tower at Mandalay Bay. And when I talk about different tower at Mandalay Bay, this resort makes Opryland Hotel in Nashville look like a Ramada Inn. And it's huge. Yeah. It is yeah. unbelievably large <laughs> and confusing. And I, we could spend another week here and not hit everything in I this know, facility. Man. With the amount yeah. of restaurants, bars, shops, everything else. So, look, here's the bottom line. We got upgraded. We're in a good spot. We're happy to be here. And we made it to Radio Row, even though it was confusing to get down here. It's, it's amazing Merriman, everywhere we go. Uh, walking around, he'll join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, Danny Cannell uh, will stop by later on the show as well, later this hour. Uh, plus Jalen Hyatt, New York Giants wide receiver, and Michael Pittman Jr. It's a receiver's day. We've got, got them swinging by. Plus so much on socials and on the site, outkick.com, and through the socials. Just follow Outkick or Outkick Sports, Outkick the coverage. We've got you covered here. Chad, uh, the coverage of the Washington Commanders has been quite the talk uh, recently where they go with, you know, the, the veteran coach, and Dan Quinn, and they go with Cliff Kingsbury at offensive coordinator. They tried to hire Ben Johnson. Did not. They go with Quinn, and Kingsbury flips from the Raiders to the Commanders. And what you know, the week of Super Bowl 58, just like 57, 56, 55, there are those that take issue with a white coach landing a job in the offseason. I mean, how many years has race been a chief issue at the Super Bowl? The last 12? 
15. I feel like there's always some racial element involved in Super Bowl coverage the week leading up to it. So Longer than that, probably, with the Rooney Rule. Yeah, look, Stephen A. Smith at, at ESPN uh, is no different than a lot of people who have uh, placated the racism card and gone that direction during Super Bowl week because it's something that's going to get some buzz. And here is what Stephen A. Smith had to say about Cliff Kingsbury landing that offensive coordinator job in Washington. But I am not exaggerating when I say this. Cliff Kingsbury the now former coach for the Arizona Cardinals. I challenge anybody in football to tell me I'm wrong about this. This man is more, is more known for his relationships with quarterbacks and that fly-ass crib he had during the NFL draft when COVID was going on and we saw where he was. He's more known for that than he is for winning football games. That is a fact. There's, it cannot be disputed. Okay, and so when I look at it from that perspective and we talk about things and I'm going to go here, doggy. We talk about diversity of black coaches getting hired and all of that other stuff. That's not where I'm going. I'm saying from an historical perspective, we look at a guy like Cliff Kingsbury and you know what we see as black folks? Oh, see, see, this is what this is the kind of stuff that don't happen for black folks. So you're in college, right? And you got a good relationship with Kyler Murray. So we got the number one overall pick. We Arizona. So we're going to hire you because you ingratiated yourself with a kid in this family and you the right guy for the job. That works out for you with one playoff one appearance minute. in four years, okay, and one winning one season and winning record. Now we fast forward years later. Now you're the offensive coordinator. Why you get that job? Because they got the number two overall pick and Caleb Williams is talking about, that's my dog, a puppy. Ain't thrown a damn pass in the National Football League yet. Okay, wet, great, incredible talent, but breath smelling like Similac, wet behind the ears, ain't throw a damn pass in the NFL, but he vouching. Oh, that's my dog. That's my dog right there. Seconds. And you get the offensive coordinator's job. It doesn't seem to me like there are bona fide football reasons as to why Cliff Kingsbury is the new New offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. You couldn't produce but so much in college. You damn sure didn't do it in the pros. But somehow, some Ten, way, job nine, opportunities eight, come your way. Seven, as the great six, Don King five, once said, four, only in America, three, baby. Two, only in America. One. I've got one name for Stephen A. Smith. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson was terrible as a head coach. He was terrible in Oakland. Then he was terrible with the Browns. He continued to get opportunities to be an assistant coach after that and even got that second chance to be a head coach. This is not a race issue with Cliff Kingsbury. And I think, Hutton, we're focused on the wrong side of this. What's amazing to me, not not how Cliff Kingsbury has seemingly sort of failed upwards at times. I'm not going to deny that. I think Cliff Kingsbury is probably a very pleasant guy in interviews. I think people around the league like him, and I think a lot of people who are pleasant and get along with people around the league get opportunities maybe they haven't earned with a second or third chance. That happens all the time, both white and black coaches. Again, the example is Hugh Jackson. The real question to me is, how is it that Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coaching shot is all of a sudden no longer racist? Because that was all the talk the last few years was he was the embodiment of not enough opportunities for black coaches, yeah. and they would always cite Eric Bieniemy. Have we now figured out maybe Eric Bieniemy's just not that great of a coach and that he really benefited from Andy Reid the entire time in Kansas City? Now that he's been fired, there's not as much talk on that side of it. 
Chad, the example I would use is Joe Witt. Joe Witt Jr., the new defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, who is black. Not hearing Stephen A. Smith mention the defensive coordinator for the Commanders. He's mentioning Cliff Kingsbury. And he's not mentioning Bienemy because you're right, when he's with the Chiefs, he looks great. He did have the NFL's leading passer through like 10 weeks, which was remarkable uh, based on what that offense looked like at the end of the year. But so the Rooney rule, we have seen the percentage of minorities go up through the higher since it was at 6% when this was enacted. Now it's, it went up to 22% at this point. This was a couple of years ago. It's, it's gone up since then. Um, I mean, the Rooney rule. Is Rooney racist if he doesn't extend Mike Tomlin immediately? I mean, he's still under contract, but, I mean, when, when are we going to get there? If Tomlin decides to leave, they'll find out a way to make that happen. And the other examples I'll use, Chad, when the Texans got rid of Dave, uh, Dave Culley, the immediate response was, this has something to do because he's black. Then they went with Lovey Smith. And then they went with D'Amico Ryans. And not a peep about that. Nothing. Um, it, it's doing good things where it's now two interviews that you have to have, not one. And they want perception to be reality, that everything's on the up and up and there's, there's nothing going on. The perception's reality about the enemy because no one, you're right, no one's clamoring and, and hammering that home because, well, that's not a good argument anymore. You can't point to him anymore. And look at all the interviews he's had. The commanders hired Joe Witt. They didn't hire the enemy or any, anyone on offense, and that's, that's the, now the argument, is because Cliff Kingsbury's the OC. Well, it's, it's, it's selective criticism, right? It's selective sure it awareness is. of a story. It's, I'm only going to cite the things that benefit my argument, and that's what Stephen A. Smith is doing here. He's saying, hey, you know, this is wrong. Black folks don't get this opportunity, and this good-looking white guy continues to get this opportunity, right? I, but, Hutton, you decided the other examples where the opposite is true. Here's, I think this is an issue across all sports, and I, I would be more inclined to discuss this. I think too many nice guys in, in pro sports get multiple opportunities that maybe they don't deserve. I don't think it's a black-white issue. I think it's a, hey, we like this person, and we're going to hire them again. I, I'm not going to sit here and stand on this chair right now on Radio Row and say, boy, you know, it's a really smart move to hire Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. Or sit here and argue that, man, it makes a lot of sense that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury had multiple NFL OC opportunities. Not just the one. He was able to spurn the Raiders right here in Vegas and go to Washington. I'm not going to sit here and argue that Cliff Kingsbury is the reason that Patrick Mahomes is good. Right, or that Johnny, Mazzel, Johnny Manziel was Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. I, I don't believe any of that. I believe he's probably a nice guy that works his connections well and that owners and other coaches like, and he's being given the opportunity. I also believe that the commanders believe they're going to get Caleb Williams, and this is kind of a package deal. I, I would be surprised, Hutton, if that's not the case. If Cliff Kingsbury's not coaching Caleb Williams with the commanders, I'll be shocked. Uh, no one's mentioning Brian Flores either because he's in the middle of the lawsuit. He's the face of a lawsuit that continues uh, for discrimination when he was fired by the Miami Dolphins. And Goodell's still being questioned about, you know, uh, diversity in the NFL. Um, and he was asked about that today again. 
it wasn't Jim Trotter because Trotter's not here. Well, it's, a, it's another guy suing the NFL. Right, if Trotter's here, I haven't seen him. Yeah, he Jim, Jim Trotter is suing the NFL yeah, also. Yeah, That's why he's not about. here. But, well, if he, he's with the Athletic now, I believe. But if he's not, he's with another site. So I guess he could be here. Um, but he didn't ask the question. It was uh, someone else. Point being, uh, why haven't we seen change was, I believe, is the question. And Goodell followed up by saying, you know, we have seen change. And the, the percentages will tell you that. And they will continue to rise. But on the same token, he's also pointing out all the hires throughout the entire league, which uh, he points out, Chad, let me get the quote. I'll tell you, for the, for the first time, 51% of our employees across the league, across the network, across our media platforms, not including players, are either people of color or women for the first time ever. So progress is being made, and there are areas where we still need to work and still need to improve. Whether it's offensive assistance, he goes on, maybe people with our media newsroom, we will continue to do that and make significant progress, and we have. I'll, I'll also point out, there uh, at the Washington Post, there are columns right now you can go read about the enemy not getting the shot. The same paper, the same outlet puts out from Candace Buckner, also a minority, a woman, um, and um, African-American, says, uh, spare be- this was an article during the season prior- when all the debate was about whether or not Ron Rivera was going to get fired. And she wrote an article with the headline, spare the enemy the interim tag if Rivera leaves. Spare the interim tag so he can't show what he could do. We've seen interims we carried over before. Um, it's the it's an argument, a 24-hour news cycle. It's clickbait. It's BS. And, you know, yet again, here's Stephen A. Smith touting that. And the response should be about the defensive coordinator. And it's not. I mean, you won't hear that mentioned. On the same team, the same club, same staff, same level of job, just on defense. Well, and we're getting very uh, selective now in what we're, we're going after. Because the question was not about lack of diversity in the NFL. It's specifically about lack of diversity in the NFL media newsroom. And the question goes on about editors, managers in charge, that there was one uh, minority that just passed away over the weekend, and how can you sit there and feel good about that? I'll be completely honest. I I had no idea what the racial makeup was of the NFL newsroom until this question. I I don't care. I do not care. Do we care that most social media workers are young people and that there's a lack of older people in social media right now? I just, we're really picking and choosing and getting into the weeds now about, all right, now let's move on to this issue. And if this doesn't break down exactly the way it should across racial lines or whatever, then we've got an issue. I don't see the issue. I, I personally don't really care. I know Roger Goodell. I don't think he was completely ready to answer that part of the question about the NFL media room and NFL media members, but he, he answered it about the league as a whole. And Hutton, it's just, it's rinse and repeat, right? Every Super Bowl week, if it's not Jim Trotter asking the questions, it's a guy standing there on behalf of Jim Trotter explaining how I'm here for Jim Trotter because he can't be here because he's suing the NFL and he's no longer a part of the NFL media where he was employed by NFL.com and NFL Media. I just, every year, we're going to have this. Next year, we're going to come back and someone else is going to say something stupid. And we'll talk about it and we'll tell you where it's stupid. But you really can just plan these type of arguments every single year. And if something goes against that narrative, then they're just not going to talk about it. No one will talk about it. Jeff, we've got Sean Merriman coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes here. Um, Looking forward to that. You going to be seen in the casino while we're here? Am I, or yeah. is he? Are you? He could be, too. Um, maybe. I-, I might do a little sports book time. Coming up, because I-, I need more time for that. I- maybe, I, uh, maybe bet on the roulette wheel it is, also it a little is, bit. Uh, it is the double standard that the NFL continues to get away with. Their policy on 
sports betting or just being seen, your presence, the mere presence of uh, walking into, you know, crossing the line from entering the casino versus just walking by a food court. Um, everyone here is terrified. Any, any employee, any player, terrified of it. And, well, I've got facts on well, what hey, the NFL does to speak out of both sides of their mouth. Rightfully so about them being terrified. Well, the way the NFL has done it. You've already brought up the example of, I guess, no Major League Baseball players gamble yeah. on anything. Yeah. Uh, it's about what do you want to find. And no. I think the NFL is very serious, clearly, based on the rules and based, uh, based on the fright level of all NFL uh, employees here. They're, they're very serious about protecting the integrity of their sport. Chad, protect the integrity of manhood with Manscaped. Valentine's Day just around the corner. It's time to... Uh, you know, make your balls happy this right. Valentine's Day for her. You always need to always need to keep your balls in mind, sure. I think, right? And that's what they're teaching you at Manscaped. It's the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. The hero of Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The electric trimmer features skin-safe technology guarding your V-Day treasure against any grooming mishaps. All you need to do, Hutton, to get 20% off. You ready for this? Ready. Use the code HOTMIKE. For 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com. Again, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code HOTMIC. That is H-O-T-M-I-C for those that are spelling impaired. Because your grooming upgrade awaits. And be ready to charm your Valentine's Day this year. They've got the bright LED light for you. Yeah. They have. So you can um, do it in the dark. This yeah. thing is so bright. Mow away. You could, you could trim away in the dark. You also have the cologne. You have beard uh, trimmers and the big package with all that too. We'll take care of your package with the package from manscaped.com. Code hot mike 20% off there plus free shipping. And you know, be ready for Valentine's Day. Coming up, Sean Merriman joins us. Hot Mike with Hud and Withrow rolls on here at Outkick. Hot Mike with Hunting Withrow rolls on here on Radio Row at Super Bowl 58. Glad you're with us here at Outkick.com slash watch and all the media social platforms. Lights Out is here yet again. One of our favorite guests, Sean Merriman, three-time All-Pro. All-Pro uh, when he joins us as well. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Another fight's coming up yet again. Yeah. Lights Out. You've got it, man. And, uh, 14. We just You were just on promoting Lights Out 13. It, it's going so fast. Um, you know, we got a big fight next Friday in Long Beach, California. Uh, Lights Out Extreme Fight 14. Uh, we'll be live on Football Sports Football TV again. Um, but, you know, these damn things going so fast. Every time I talk <laughs> I to you guys, it we jump right it's back in the one. mix. So this one, this one's our biggest and most explosive car we had. You can get your tickets at LightsOutExcept.com. Anybody want to come there, but we'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports. I can't remember when in, in California what the rule is for the Athletic Commission or how long you have to wait after you fight. Yeah. But how, how big's your roster? Because you, I mean... We, we, we know You're each other about, it, man. Yeah, about 40 guys. Okay. About 40 guys. And then what we'll try to do is our top talent because we don't, we know, we're not one of the big organizations yeah. like UFC to put them on a, a three or four year contract. We'll do three or four fight deals to keep us, keep the talent with us. But we want these guys to have an opportunity, man. We're not saying, hey, come over here with us. Don't go. Like, we want these guys to have more of an opportunity. You mentioned Fubo. Uh, we've got the, the streaming wars going on. We see the partnerships that are, they were in it early. Yeah. What, what, 
What's it like working with them, and where do you think they're taking this platform? I think that, uh, you know, football is kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to the, uh, the multi-view thing. I don't know yeah, if you guys yeah, seen yeah. this. So they got some really cool stuff with football. Um, they've kind of blown up in the combat sports side, you know, BKSC and some of these other places. Now, we're, 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 you know, we're up there with the top most watched uh, on uh, football sports. So that kind of shows. We're, we're really a two-year company, right? And so you got these companies that have been around several years longer than us and have this type of growth, man, it's just been unprecedented. How pumped are you about Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers? The same as the rest of the fans, right? I, I think that, to, for me personally, I'm not saying, hey, bring in a, bring in a big-name coach, we're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not that kind of pumped. I'm going to pump that we know there's going to be some instant changes him walking in the door because his resume has shown that that's what he does. He walks and he changed organizations, he changed programs. And by the way, he's done it for, with far less talent than the Chargers have. And so... He better win a Super Bowl. The, 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 well, look, I, I think, look, if you're in the you media. You know that's how he's going to be judged. Yeah, but if you're in the media, if you're the fans, I would say, yeah, Super Bowl. But he's saying all the right things. If you if you look at his you know, press conference and what he's yeah. saying, hey, we need to get in, the, get in the weight room. We need to start competing and changing things today because talking about the Super Bowl, some of these other bigger things is the ultimate goal, obviously. But you got to come in there. You got to start cleaning the house and, 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 yeah. and busting some heads and changing things right away. And I think he's going to be able to do that. How's he doing that immediately? He also said in the presser, like, he wants to win multiple championships. I mean, he, he got there with Kaepernick and, and company. I mean, you're right about the talent level. 44 and 19 in the NFL he, in his he, time with the 49ers. He's not afraid of expectations, no. which is rare. Right. Because, I, mean, I mean, in college, you get fired for sucking. I mean, you'll get the buyout immediately yeah. for failing. But you know what? That, that, his attitude and the way he speaks and talks yep. resonate all the way down. That's what I think the Chargers were missing with Brandon Staley, this, that, that leadership that kind of sunk down into the rest of the locker room. And, look, by the way, you know, when he got the 63 points put on him, I, as, a, oh. as a professional, that should never happen. But I thought it was a clear message that, hey, we, we, we want to move on from our coach. He's an ass kicker. Right, of a program or, or a team, franchise, when he gets there. That's kind of his, his M.O. He's going to get things kick-started his way. I'm curious, just sort of post-mortem on, on Brandon Staley and in general, because you've been around the league and a lot of different coaches. Is it even possible to turn the ship around when players start to lose faith in the head coach or when they do lose faith in the head coach and stop respecting him? Can you even turn that, that ship around when it happens, or is it done at that point? Uh, unless you get a new coach, no, you can't. And that what happens is, and, I'm, and, I, and I don't know for sure 100%, but if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I go look at those games where they got stumped. Yep. And the guys that quit, the guys wasn't running to the football, the guys who were just going out there, going through the motions, you're out the door. And, and, and in order to establish that newfound energy again in that mm-hmm. locker room, you got to move on from everybody who don't want to be there. That's the first thing that needs to happen. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the film every game they lost and see who didn't put out the effort, and then you go on and you move on from them. And then I, would, I would expect him to do that because that's what he do when he get into programs and organizations. You were, you were just about to enter the league whenever the Rooney rule came into play, right? Yeah. Do you, has it worked? Do you think it's working? Do you believe in it? No. Why? I don't. I think that, um, first of all. We have seen a rise in it, but you say it's just for I, are you I, I think perception what, thing? I, I think what the Rooney rule is good for is that they have to do something. Yeah. And we the, agree. The, the, the guys that wouldn't normally typically get in the interview that get in front of an a, a organization, front office, owner, GM, whoever it is, you get a chance to be seen. So even if you're not the guy, they've met you before. I think that, I think that goes a long way. But I'm not trying to get hired because a, a, a rule got put in place. Yeah. Me personally. 
Oh, I, agree. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't speak for everyone else. I want to get hired because I'm the best person for the job. And if, it almost seems like that no one's getting hired from the Rooney rule. No one's getting hired. So if you're, if you're in there because a rule was in place, how do you feel good about getting a job because a rule was put in place? I just wouldn't feel that good about that. Well, we, we reacted to Stephen A. saying that, that Kingsbury's hired and it was racist. He's insinuating that. Yeah. But Joe Witt was just hired, too, by the same team. He's black. Yeah. He's a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Same level. I don't understand. Because you're, I, we agree, by the way, Sean. What I'm saying is if you don't make the hire, you're going to be in the headlines. Yeah. And I, but, but you know what? It's almost like when you talk about teams and stats, there's a stat for everything. It just depends on what stat you want to pull from. Yes. So if, if you want to pull from, you know, uh, you know, minority coaches or black coaches or you want to pull from minority GMs or front office, yes. there's a stat you can pull from any place you want to to make your point. And so with that being said, man, I, I think that right now it, it, it's gone accordingly as far as the opportunities in, in Mayo and, and D'Amico Ryans and uh, uh, Morris down in Atlanta. Yes. There, it's, it's happening. It's just not happening on the terms that everybody else and how, how everybody else wanted to happen. And it's happening to GM, too, like yeah. at every level. Yeah. Here's an issue that I see across the league, and you tell me if I'm, if I'm right, wrong, whatever you think about it. Um, I think we have an issue with owners – just wanting people they get along with and that are nice to them. And this could be said about a lot of different positions. And it, the ultimate pro sports, it's, it's results-oriented. We all know that. I think too often this, uh, this report that Mike Vrabel turned people off because he's physically <laughs> big and that, you know, suits and owners didn't like that and that's maybe why he didn't get a job. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I think Cliff Kingsbury is probably a really friendly, nice guy, right, that gets along with people and he's easy to hire for that reason. But – I don't know if we're oftentimes enough results-driven and more about, like, I just want the guy who's going to go along and get along with people. That's great for a marketing director. Yeah. I don't know if that works for a head coach. It, it really comes down to, do you want to be right or do you want to win? Yep. That's really what it comes down to. Do you want to call the shots, run everything, say, this is mine, it's me, or do you want to win football games? And so there's a, there's a combination because, you know, they take, take someone like Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones built that organization from the ground, mm. right? So he's done it right. So he's not going to pivot or change his ways because he, 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 got the, he got them there. He got everybody to believe this is America's team. He did that. It's time. Do you want to be right or do you want to be a champion? And, and that, that has to come from what the expectations of the owner is. Sean Merriman, LightsOutXF.com is where you can go for it. Lights out. 14. I keep wanting to say 13. Yeah. Um, I want to. I'm a, there is a. There's a suite. Uh, there's a field level suite at Allegiant for Sunday's game. End zone, first row, a million dollars for 15. Tabletop, all that couches, lounge, million bucks for 15 seats. What's the most you've spent on something just because you could? Because that's what you're doing there. You can't see the game from the end zone. Yeah. What, what's the most you've spent on just random something? Because you know what, I've got it. Probably, probably my rookie dinner, thirty-two thousand. I mean, but you did you have to do that? I had to do that. Okay. Yeah, thirty-two thousand dollars for that. Yeah, one? for my rookie dinner. Wow. Um, but again, I, actually, I'm, I'm, I may be going last minute to watch the game down at the at the win suites. 
there. Oh, in, uh, you're going to be in that suite. I, I made, yeah. Wow. You know what I'm talking sweet. about. Yeah. The second yeah. row is like who 75. Can you, can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you who okay. bought the suite. But it's, it's not. Well, we'll be looking for it, you on the not, broadcast. It's not 15 people. It's 17 people. Okay, sorry. If, that, if sorry. that makes it any any no. better. Okay. So. Yeah, the extra two seats there. Um, the person that bought it, extremely rich, I'm, I'm going to guess. Yeah, wealthy. I, yeah. I would like to use that term. Wealthy you know, person. Is, you know, rich is having some money. Wealthy right. is Wealth is different. Wealth is different. Who's going to win the game? My heart is telling me to go with the 49ers because they're the better team, right? But so are the Buffalo Bills, and so are the Ravens. Yep. And so when you get into these situations like, like they are right now, I can't see KC losing this game because they're going to do everything to not make a mistake, capitalize off of the 49ers' mistakes. They've been in this situation before. And last year when Patrick Mahomes iced that game, the AFC Championship game, on that bad foot with no number one wide receiver, no running back, he won that game. You can't go against Kansas City at this point. It's a, it's a 49ers job to change everybody else's mindset and how they look at the Kansas City Chiefs until they knock them off. Uh, it, it's, obviously, it's a Super Bowl. It's a big game. I think it's a huge moment for Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan for, for, for this reason. right? And we know this. We know how fickle people can be. If they lose, there's going to be this narrative that Shanahan can't win the big game. Yep. He's 0-2, and he hasn't had an elite quarterback. And that's what's holding him back, even though Brock Purdy has shown elite tendencies at times this year. Where do you stand on Brock Purdy as the 49ers quarterback? I don't think we've ever seen in the history of the game of somebody having this much scrutiny that's playing on the biggest stage in football this Sunday. We've never seen it. Typically, when somebody gets to this, to this level and they play in the big game, you don't hear that. It's kind of a coronation, it's, usually, it's, for that guy. It's, it's like, uh, you know, people love to go with a narrative, and then it spreads across everything. Because whether you believe that Brock Purdy is elite or not, he, he does elite things. He made some plays in that last game. They're very elite. He stands in the pocket and gets hit. He gets, stands yeah. in the pocket, gets hit. His, his decision-making is great. The whole nine. He completes the pass. I should the, have he that he completes the pass. But if anybody wants to point fingers at anybody, put, point fingers at John Lynch for putting together a great team. Point the finger at, at Kyle Shanahan for getting four or five different players involved in an offense. Brock Purdy don't has to, don't have to do anything outside of what that team asked him to do. And by the way, I would like a Super Bowl ring with a game manager. I, I mean, yeah. for, for me personally, be okay with that. I would be okay with it. And you know what? I would get t- game manager tattooed on me <laughs> if I was Brock Purdy and say, you know what? I got a Super Bowl ring and I'm a game manager. It's about winning. It's a team sport. And if he goes out and wins this game, I know he's, he's, he's very mellow. He doesn't talk trash. He's, he's a good guy. But I'm talking, I would not stop talking after this game if I'm Brock Purdy. By the way, early on in his career, Brady was a game manager. Yep. That's what he was seen as early on, that he was just a product of Belichick and a great supporting cast. And he became a guy that led them and carried them. But that's, that's kind of the comp to me of where they were drafted and what they could possibly be. I think that uh, anytime anybody wins and they get there on a certain level, they need something to hang on to. They can't give the full credit. Uh, it, it put them elite, not elite, whatever the case is, they need something to hang on. And the only way to go and, and remove this dark cloud is him going to win. Half the league has game managers. He's not one of them. Look no. at the, I mean, half the, half the starters can't, I mean, they're not that good week in and week out. He is. He had a three-game stretch where he wasn't, but he is. If we're having a draft, he's in that group. I don't know if Shanahan would draft someone else over him. You know, among the, if we just had it wide open. But he's not going to be bottom half of the league. And he's Mr. Irrelevant. No. But look, if you got Debo Samuel and all, the, all these other explosive oh, yeah. guys, why would you do anything outside the norm? I mean, the, the whole goal of it is is to win the football game, not 
raise your stock and being the leader or not. Yeah, and, and people, we just, we, we're getting that confused, but I've never seen anybody in his position ever in the history of the game just playing in the biggest game in football that's getting this level of scrutiny. NIL and NCAA, and you've got Tennessee versus the NCAA right now mm -hmm. it, it, by being investigated. It seems right that players should have the right to shop themselves around to see what that, their, their market is, right? I'm thinking of Sean Merriman from the state of Maryland. You probably would have been worth more to Maryland being a home state kid, if that was allowed at the time, than maybe some other places, and it would be your right to know that. What, what do you think about this and where we're headed? And Are we witnessing the end of the NCAA with college football at the highest level? I think the NCAA uh, spent so much time, in a way, being greedy that it's kind of biting them in the ass. That's, that's my opinion. I think that five, six, seven years ago, if you just offer guys an opportunity to go do a signing, right, do an appearance, make you five, 10, 15 grand, a car signing, you wouldn't even have to deal with the NIL right now. Yeah. And what's happening, and this is going to, in my opinion, in the long term, I think the NILs could ruin college sports mm. in, the long, in the long term because it's like, like Bitcoin. There's no government on it, right? Yeah. You can do anything with, right. in, in, yeah, in that, you, the crypto space. Look at it. There's, there's, no, there's no government on it. So now you have some of the bigger schools with all this money and every, all your four- and five-star recruits are going to one there, so it's going to make the, the conference uneven. And whoever, whoever got to pay to play is going to win. And I think that the, the reason why we love college football so much is because of the passion, the emotion. And now it's become not about playing and winning. It's become a paycheck to student-athletes. And I'm all about guys getting money. I want them to get as much money as possible. But because of the NCAA uh, failed to bend and give, the guy, and give these student-athletes nothing, Yep. It's coming back to bite them in the ass. Lightsoutxf.com. Uh, as a promoter behind the scenes, how pissed off have you been if you have one of your top guys? not Because you don't control the results. Yeah. When he goes down, there's a shock to it. And you're like, man, uh, this guy was on the rise for me, and now I don't have that for the next fight that we were trying to promote. It, uh, Lights out 15. Yeah. It's a, it's a gut punch, right? I because would you, you put a lot of uh, – yeah, right. You, you can match a guy, but you say that guy should win. Yeah. But in the fight business, you catch an overhand right or, or, or some yeah. kind of just clean punch, you can, you can be knocked out at any given time. And that, that it could can be, be lights out. That could be you lights out. About that. It, could yeah. be your, it could be lights out. And that could be your future superstar who you were trying to build and get behind. And, and they're the guys now that are, are getting knocked out. So you got to go back and, 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 and put a different game plan. How many contingency plans do you have with that? You have something in your mind about, okay, this guy's becoming a contender, but then you get derailed by that overhand right. Yeah. How many different variables are you looking at at any time about what the next main event could be? It, it changes the course, right? Because, you know, we got a couple of champs and just moving up. So you got somebody that would make a great matchup, be like, this guy's a stand-up, this guy's a stand-up. It's going to be a fantastic fight. And the guy that you thought was going to win that you already had it in mind that you wanted to place him in that next main event is gone. And now you got to go back and recalibrate. But, two, you know, we, we're going to lose some guys to the UFC uh, after sure. this call. We, we just, it just is, right? We, we're growing these up-and-coming superstars. We love giving them a platform to go to the UFC and have that opportunity. Um, but, you know, cool stuff is happening. We're going to introduce, introduce this uh, Lights Out Tech glove this, uh, this next fight. And the, the LXF's uh, smart gloves. Yes, and, and you're going to be able to measure speed, power, punch, G-force, 
see, you know, see the magnitude of these punches coming off these guys, and we're going to try to get this, ac this data as accurate as possible to display to the fans. So it's like the miles per hour for a pitcher on the mound. Exactly. You're going to have it in the corner of the screen or something? Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to see how fast it can, uh, the frequency can pick up so we can display the data. If anything, cool. the broadcasters will have and be able to talk about it during the fight, but we want this thing as, as, as uh, accurate as possible, and you know, we got some, uh, a few betting companies also kind of barking at us to see what this yeah, thing no does. Doubt. Do you like Rocky movies, Rocky Four? Oh, yeah. Ivan Drago, when you say that, I'm thinking about him hitting that machine that yeah. shows yeah. The, the, the pounds of pressure yeah. every time. Now we can see it in an actual fight, at a what Ivan Drago was yeah. doing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I'm, cool. en I'm envisioning that the whole time. Have you put these on? Or have you tried them out? I haven't hit a, a human being with them yet, okay. no, but it's all, it's, that's always <laughs> in the air. Hutton volunteers to be the yeah. guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the first human being. I can't wait until you see WWE with them. Uh, like they, they find this out, and they, they also try to magnify it. You yeah. know, the big show, or you know, Mark Henry's the strongest dude on earth, you know, what the guy with the best punch and how they magnify it. It's going to come from this. Yeah, this well, cool, it's coming. This, this is the next wave in, uh, in, in combat sports. It's great for judging, too. Yeah, big time. Which is not open score. Do you have open score? No. Oh, you should. No, we should. I want to know should. who's in, in the lead. Yeah, I know, but with you this too is a promoter. Yeah, with, with this, well, look, with this data, you could get accurate, right, no as doubt. much as yeah. possible and say, hey, like we, we know what happened. That's cool, no. so, Sean, good to see you, man. Good. Hey, good to see you, man. Always Appreciate it. When you Thank come you. On Appreciate you, man. Thank show. you. Sean Merriman, LightsOutXF.com for more info on LightsOut14 uh, through uh, football as well. Uh, we've got coming up Danny Cannell just around the corner. Yeah. The hits keep coming. Straight ahead on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, live from Radio Road on OutKick. We are outside of uh, 6th and Peabody today with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We've made our way to Vegas. Could use some moonshine here. For a second, I thought you meant that this was a setup outside of 6th no, and no. Peabody. And I'm thinking it's outside of studio. It's very far outside of 6th and Peabody. A yeah. four-hour flight That's away right. from 6th and Peabody. Yeah, it feels like uh, the beginning yeah. going uh, outside of 6th and Peabody. But it, we are here uh, at the MGM property, which is massive with all the hotels. I mean, many people have been to Vegas and have seen this, but it's a cavern. A big one with tunnels and all kinds of crap. This is first world problems, I'm sure. But, man, it was confusing to get it, down here on Radio Row at this resort in Las Vegas where we're doing Super Bowl coverage. But it was. It's uh, quite the maze we had to walk through. Danny Cannell will join us uh, momentarily as he's on his way to Radio Row. and We're his first stop. Um, How about the guy last night that confused me for Peyton Manning at the uh, media yeah, what party? what was that? There was a guy that was working security that said, hey, I, I, heard uh, that, I thought I, you were Peyton Manning at first. And I think I, I, my response was, I wish I had his bank account. So maybe, maybe that would Jack, be nice. You and I. I will not be in a Super Bowl commercial. At a party last night, we stood outside for how long? Because we thought that was the Vegas party uh, with all the, the food. And uh, you walk up, grab and taste the, the taste of Vegas is practically what it was. What, 20-ish 20, yeah. uh, places to go. And we thought that was, the, that was it. That was the party. And then we finally realized about 45 minutes later that there were actually three levels to this party inside. But I, I thought the building looked abandoned. It was the, the building where they had the start-finish line for F1. I was so confused by it because we felt like we were boarding a Carnival cruise liner when we got <laughs> off the, the shuttle bus to go on it, right? I was like, there's a body of water in Vegas I didn't right. know about? Well, how are we going on a boat? But that's what it looked like. Then you were outside of that on pavement. It was freezing cold. And we go to the food truck area. And you're right. I mean, 30 minutes in, we're about to bolt. It's saying this is the worst media party setup ever for a Super Bowl, and we've been going for close to 20 years. Then we go inside and realize, oh, this is actually the best 
media party set up for a Super Bowl we've ever seen here in it Vegas. Legit. And that's no surprise that Vegas knows how to throw a party. Everyone's nice here too. Hospitality. Oh yeah. It's it's the hospitality. Like, like it's the hospitality capital. Chad, I'm very hospitable. Thank you, Hutton, for acknowledging the that. NFL continues to uh, get away with the double standard. You have the league that is making millions, soon to be billions, off of the gaming industry. They're playing a Super Bowl in Vegas. They have a team here. We're currently sitting in MGM, and yet if an NFL employee is caught in a casino, you think they're just going to be suspended? No. They're going to be fired. Goodell's even practically admitting it. And we'll get into it uh, coming up. Danny Cannell about to join us. But, hey, uh, this, this double standard where the media is willing to talk about it, no one's holding them accountable for this. Where they, uh, the quote from Goodell, Super Bowl 58 is a highly anticipated and thrilling event for our fans and viewers. With fans across the globe tuning into our game and related events, we must all do our part to protect the integrity of our game and avoid even the appearance of improper conduct. I have thoughts on this coming up. I'm not wasting it on a 60-second bite here. The, this, we're going to get, we're gonna get all idea into this. That yeah. they can't go bet on something other than the game itself is stupid. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. And I've compared it to Major League Baseball, who has banned Pete Rose for life, yet all of a sudden, I mean, it's like no one in Major League Baseball, no player, no one, gets on an app and bets on anything. You don't hear about that at all. Meanwhile, the league is, they're looking for it so they can avoid even the appearance of improper conduct because they didn't want the appearance they were involved in anything Vegas-related for years, decades. I can't wait to get into this more and now coming it's up. I can't wait for Danny Cannell to sit down. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take a quick one-minute break, Okay. and then Danny Cannell is going to sit down with us here. We're on Radio Road, the Super Thank Bowl. You, Hot Mike is going to roll on with Danny Cannell coming up. Outkick's Hot Mike, Hunter Withrow, live from Super Bowl 58's Radio Row, outkick.com slash watch, streaming live. Uh, you get the show uh, on demand on many platforms, including our YouTube channel. Danny Cannell with us. Uh, anytime he sits down with us, the show gets smarter in and the looks flesh. better. I'm usually in the car like this, you know, yeah. like looking and trying yeah. to make sure it's okay and try not to wreck when I'm driving. So it's good to see you guys. Pissing everyone off, too. You yeah, know, you can't is, be in the car. <laughs> that's right. This is uh, this is an even better setup right here with us. Yeah, this is man, great. This is so awesome. I'm a little bit surprised uh, that it's going to be Tennessee that's going to take down the NCAA. Oh. Right? And not Florida State after they tried <laughs> to levy the penalty of Florida State. Florida State was so angry. <laughs> right? Right? About everything with the slight. And we, we were on board. They got screwed over by the selection committee. And they apparently just took the penalty with the coach and didn't do anything. And meanwhile, Tennessee comes out guns a-blazing. The states of Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA. What do you make of all this, Danny? There are some similarities to these two because Tennessee and Florida State are doing the dirty work for everybody else. Uh, Florida State, they've got their hands yeah. full, and they've got those billable hours start stacking it up with their lawsuit with the ACC. I think they probably decided, you know what, let's take care of priority number one, which is their future existence and where they're going to be playing, as opposed to a slap on the wrist from the NCAA. So they're doing the dirty work of every other ACC team because if they win this lawsuit, everyone else is going to jump in. And I think Tennessee is doing the same. Everybody else wants Tennessee to win, and then they can do the dirty work and have Tennessee foot all the legal bills, 
and then hopefully we'll get to a place we all need to get to. Yeah, the state, they've got the attorney general involved. Yeah, you mentioned uh, let the, do the dirty work. I'm, why, has it, why haven't we seen another program jump on board with FSU? Meanwhile, we've seen Greg Sankey back Tennessee. We've seen the president, the chancellor, the governor, the attorney general back Tennessee. The, the Commonwealth of Virginia is partnered with them. Well, the Big Ten, even so, with but, don't, partnering after, with Derek Sankey. Yes, yeah. the, this has caused all of this. Meanwhile, what Florida State was doing for the ACC, why have we seen another program join them instead of waiting for them to set a standard? Have you guys met FSU Twitter yet? I, I did. I, I mean, you're saying I they just, rub people the wrong I, way? I absolutely think they have. I think a lot, and the way they've handled the exit strategy from the ACC, uh, I don't think is well received from anybody. Even North Carolina was taking shots at them last yeah. year. And then all of a sudden their athletic director has a totally different standpoint now where he's kind of rattling the cage himself and it's come full circle. But I, I think the fact that Florida State was so public about wanting to get out and threatening the ACC and trying to force their way out, I think a lot of programs didn't love the way they went about their business. But if you believe that they're going to get out and they're going to save their, themselves, wouldn't you want to partner with that? As a parish, well, I don't it, think you have to, though. Yeah, you can the, wait and see. Because yeah. if they lose, Florida State has a lot at risk. You on. have nothing. But if they win, aren't you then stronger you hop and in. closer to winning as a group? I don't, I don't know. So I, I'm with you on this, Danny. I think what they're doing is we'll see if Florida State can get away with this without having to pay a big deal. And then Clemson's sitting back thinking, we'll, we'll just stay silent. They'll pay all the legal, legal fees and then we'll leave. Yeah, if they the win, moment they do, hey, we're, out, we're, we're headed to the SEC also. The. The collective mindset, I totally agree with you. But you remember, I forget, it might have been Brett McMurphy with uh, Action Network who coined, was it the Magnificent Seven, which was so corny. It was like perfect for the ACC because that was the number they needed, and I don't think they could get there. So if you're not going to have the seven needed to break up the ACC, I think a lot of schools looked at it and were okay. like, thanks, but no thanks. We'll let you guys put your reputation on the line before we hop in. Will you be easier on the SEC if Florida State's a member of the SEC? <laughs> Well, it'll if finally, they, if they work their it'll way in, finally right? meet all the expectations, <laughs> right, and yeah. it'll live up to. They the really audience. let down I, for years I mean, it and pretty years. Pretty much you know? is what they're missing is a school like Florida State. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I Texas and Oklahoma. Not I gonna do really that for. I promise you this: I will never chant SEC. Never. Yeah, I'm you not will a never big see SEC me root for the Gators, either. root for Georgia, root for Alabama. There is no way I will only root for Florida State. You mentioned Alabama. Kalen DeBoer now coming in. We're going to find out about Alabama, the program versus Nick Saban lording over Alabama, right, and having the benefit of the greatest coach ever for that long period of time. What do you think about the hire of Kalen DeBoer? I mean, resume-wise, it's perfect, right? He's, he's won everywhere he's been. He's won championships at Sioux Falls. He goes and he wins at Fresno State. He wins at Washington. I mean, shoot, he was winning when he had Michael Penix in Indiana. They had one of their best seasons there. Uh, Tom Allen was the head coach, but Kalen DeBoer was a big part of the success. And then he takes Washington to the playoffs. I'm not worried about Kalen DeBoer. I'm worried about Bama being Bama or Bama being a typical SEC program that if you face adversity, there is dissension amongst the ranks. And when you need everybody on the same page because of collectives and booster, you know, giving and just it can be a lot of ancillary stuff that goes into the SEC and even Bama more so that Nick Saban was able to come down and say no. This is my team. This is my program. And part of that was the negotiation. If you remember back to Saban when he famously said, I am not going to be the head coach at Alabama, I think part of that yeah. 
was he was worried about, man, do I want to get into that where I'm going to have to answer to 18 different, you know, boosters or, you know, kind of pseudo bosses. And he said, no, if I come there, I'm running it my way. And that was probably the final negotiating point that Saban was given. And he was able to do it. It was, I think it was a big reason why they were able to win for so long. Is that why Norvell's a bad example because he ended up getting the big raise, right? But yeah. other coaches were mentioned. You know, we saw, you know, we, Dan Lanning stays. Dan yeah. Lanning, I mean, all getting raised. Are they turning it down, the opportunity, because of that? Or is it more, we can, I can build what Saban did there, here? I think, I, I mean, they're all competitors. I thought Dan Lanning probably would have been my first choice if I would have been going after somebody. Same. Familiarity with the SEC. Yes. Uh, great, innovative, young recruiter who's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's enthusiastic. It also seems like he was their first choice. Whether yeah, they're going to admit that yeah, or not, never, I doubt they officially offered, but I think they probably talked to him first. It was a right. fit. But yeah. there, I do think experience in the – and I know Nick Saban didn't have any, but I do think – like, and I think it's even changed in the 20 years since Nick Saban took over. Was it 17 years? Um, the amount of scrutiny, the amount of pressure, the just the overwhelming passion. Like if you haven't been in it, yeah. I don't think you can understand. You can watch it on TV and you can even visit a game and you can see an atmosphere – but until you are in it, when you are at the Senior Bowl as the head coach and people are analyzing your arm around Michael Penix and did you get slighted, that's not happening if you're the coach at Washington, right? I mean, it's, you, they're overanalyzing everything you do. And all of a sudden, he's kind of dealt with his first little you know, fires that he's got to put out when Caleb Downs goes to Ohio State, when you know, Ryan Grubb, what's the future hold for him? And when you start losing five-star players, all of a sudden, you come into that scrutiny, and it is a whole different ballgame. We haven't even played a game yet. Yeah. And you never know how somebody's going to respond in that environment. I think he's a good hire. I think he's a good coach. But how does he fit here? I don't know. What is the health of college football right now? Because you could ask a 1,000 people and get a 1,000 different answers about coaches wanting to flock to the NFL and everything else. How, how healthy is it? Well, from a making money standpoint, viewership standpoint, you would say it's, an all, it's healthy as it's ever been. But I do think there are some significant concerns that we need to handle. And I say we. There's not even anybody to put a spot. Like, I would love to solve it. Like, give us all a chance. <laughs> I think we could do it better than anybody now because it's nobody. Uh, and I do think the Big Ten and SEC meeting and holding these meetings, I think that's a step in the right direction that we're going to get some sort of separation. But And I've been one of the people that have been saying, I hope we're paying attention because I think Nick Saban could have coached another few years. I think Jim Harbaugh might have been more compelled to stay at Michigan had we had some structure. And have yeah. we had a better quality of life? No one feels bad for coaches. They're like, oh, well, they're making 10, 11 million bucks a year. You know where else they can do that? In the NFL. And they can go live a better quality of life, but you're still going to lose some coaches to the next level. And I think that's concerning because then you really are becoming a minor league NFL and it's a developmental league and you're losing some of your best assets to the league where they can have a better quality of life. And you don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm, they're working hard in the NFL, don't get me wrong, but you don't have to work as hard every right. single day of the year. 365 yeah. you your roster. And it is yeah. babysitting and you it's a, Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's a, and I, I think the average fan is probably thinking, oh, they make so much money, that's what it's for. Uh, it's it's got to be incredibly frustrating for some of these coaches, but we can fix it. We just need to do it soon, and I think that, that, you know, that the right people need to get at the table and fix it and solve it, and then we can get back to kind of 
the sport that we love and we're passionate about. We could chat about it on the new app, right? Yeah, that's right. What can you tell us about the first major social media platform for sports content and real-time fan engagement, Stunt? It is. It, it, I don't know about your guys' experience with social media, but mine all the time. You know, I'll, I'll put out a take on who's the greatest quarterback of all time or, you know, is Patrick Mahomes, is he going to challenge Tom Brady or Florida State being in the playoffs? And all of a sudden it devolves into some political debate. Or, you know, yeah. there are a bunch of bots that are putting up yeah. you know, some pictures that I'm afraid to let my Por- daughters look at my feet. Yes, over, exactly. Right. I'm like, what is happening? It's all of a sudden it devolves. Stunt eliminates all of that. It eliminates all the, the, clatter, the clutter that is on sports media today. It's for sports fans who want to talk sports. If you guys like trivia, it's a great spot for trivia. I don't know if you guys remember the HQ, the viral game that went around. Oh, yeah. That people were, you know, you put it in there and you put your name in the mix and you can have a drawing and make some money. Twice a week, there's 12 questions, trivia questions, sports questions. You can potentially enter the pot to win that. You can create your own content. You can create your own podcast, create your own following on Stunt, and you can eliminate all the nonsense that's out there when you're on social media. But it's got the backing of YouTube TV, too. Exactly. Got some pretty good minds. And if you check out the app, which I've already had it on for a while, it's super easy to use. It's super easy to access. Start creating your own content. Within five minutes, you can be up and running. Uh, uh, How many days or maybe hours before you hit a golf course here? So I was worried about the weather. It's a little chilly. Watch him. 50 or above. Uh, So I'll be out out there tomorrow. Good to see you, man. You're like golfing you at night when it's really cold, so that, that <laughs> no. helps you. Yeah. Hey, Danny, thanks so much. You too, man. man. Great seeing you guys. Coming up more from Radio Row uh, and uh, plenty more as well with our guest list that includes Jalen Hyatt, Michael Pittman Jr., and much more uh, here on Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow on Outkick.com.